Living in America used to be a dream For so many people far away and unseen With their big cars and movie stars Living in America all hail to the red, white and blue Living in America was a dream In this land they tell you to reach for anything you want But everything is possible, just believe that you can Cause we're God's chosen children Living in America with our long hugs and my picket fences Living in America Hi, you guys. Welcome back. This is Richard Sachs, and this is Lost Arts Radio. And um, this is our guest show where we have inspiring people on and uh, individuals that are really important in contributing to the future of humanity so we don't have to slip into the dark age that our rulers have planned on the way to exterminating life here. Um, we got a situation going on, which I'm sure you've noticed, where not just in America, but all over the world, we're witnessing the biggest coordinated assaults on life that, I mean, more than anything in our recorded history. And what happens in America is really significant to the rest of the world because the founding documents of America recognized, at least in theory, that natural individual rights were the reason for a government, in other words, to protect those, and that was it. And I don't know of any other country where that was even put down in writing. So in America, if that finally falls, that would be a, a real damaging blow to the rest of the world, and we have to not have that happen if possible. And what happens in California, likewise, is really significant to the rest of America because California is this beautiful, productive state with full of great people that is being used along with a few other states as the testing ground for how horrible can the satanic rulers of the country be, uh, not just Newsom, but you know other people, uh, Richard Pan and other famous representatives in California. And we're looking for, okay, what, what could be a turning point and a way to redeem the future of that beautiful state? One of the most encouraging developments has been the emergence of a project called New California State and their website, newcaliforniastate.com, started by Paul Preston. And I haven't talked to Paul, unfortunately, for a couple of years, and I wanted to see what's going on because things are reaching uh, crescendo and evil is accelerating and so are the people that are trying to reverse the whole thing, Paul being one of the key ones. So, Welcome, Paul, and thanks for being with us. I know you're beyond busy, so I pre- <laughs> yeah. appreciate your time very much. Yeah, thank you very much for having uh, myself and New California Featured uh, on Lost Arts Radio. It's really nice to be here. Yeah, I totally agree. So, listen, we always try to encourage people who are not up to date with what our guest is doing, because I want this is not just for people who already know to say, yeah, we, that's really great. It's for people to say, What's a new California state? You know, what's going on? And we have no idea. We're trying to wake up from being zombies. So uh, in just, you know, brief form, 
What did you do? Why and what led up to it? And then we'll talk about what's happening now. Well, um, I was in education for 41 years, and I could see over time um, the decline in the educational system, but I realized that socialism and communism were starting to settle in. And, uh, you know, all the hallmarks were there year year in and year out. I became a school administrator for 26 years, could see firsthand the degradation that was going on behind the scenes. Nobody else sees, you know, from the classroom to the parents and so on. Um, And not necessarily the parents degrading, but the system itself degrading and breaking down, becoming a socialist uh, agenda. And finally, in about 1990, it really started to take a, a very quick turn in terms of funding and all these things that, really would be the, the best thing for kids. I could see the decline really accelerate. And then by 2000, it was uh, really a point of just desperation because we had such a high dropout rate that was being shown and nobody was really addressing it, which is, except for myself and a few other administrators at the time, going, you know, wait a minute, we're losing, you know, about 50% of our kids in some places. In the case, um, Los Angeles Unified, they were in the mid-90s losing 52% of their kids to dropouts. Dropouts in what we call walkouts. Kids were so disgusted by the schools, they just walked out. And uh, nobody was really saying anything about it, and the state was trying to cover it up. We could see that. But uh, then also the discrimination that was going on at the colleges and universities. Um, Discrimination basically against, um, if you're a citizen, we figured it out. It took us years to do it because we we saw this progression that they started really discriminating against white uh, kids coming in, both male and female. Then they started discriminating against black kids coming in. Mm -hmm. And then they started discriminating against Hispanic kids coming in. And then, you know, we we kept saying, uh, sat around with our counselors one day, about 1998 or so, I said, what is up with this? You know, because we always try to get our kids to the best universities and, and right. uh, trade schools and get them on to past uh, high school. And uh, finally, uh, my head of the counseling department, who's a black lady, she said, Paul, do you just don't get it? And I said, what do you mean? She says, it's not about race with these people. It's about whether they're American citizens or not. And I said, I, I said, the American citizens said, yeah, it's everybody that we put in. It doesn't matter if you're white, you're Hispanic, you're black, or whatever. It's a, a matter of you're an American citizen and you're coming from California. I said, well, these are California universities. doesn't matter. They're taking priority Chinese students over our students. And uh, I can't tell you the number of parents that would be so frustrated. You know, you get a kid with a 4.5 GPA, taking all the honors classes, uh, been in all the clubs, just absolutely perfect for you know an upper level you know college and university being denied by uh, california schools and they ended up going to harvard or something you know mm-hmm. um and so it was a brain drain you know in california right. as you can well imagine but it was open blatant discrimination against not somebody by their race but somebody by their citizenship that's really what the determinant was mm-hmm. and so by 2000 um we'd started seeing our dropout rates really sort of about 34 to 35 percent Overall in California, they're still going about 52% in Los Angeles Unified. But then also our kids were leaving the kids that were being educated in California, the American kids, American citizens, were going to uh, universities outside of California. Wow. So why do you think they were against uh, citizens? Well, that was the manipulation of the Chinese within California and also within the nation. They They were manipulating the educational system for their own benefit. And, of course, that, that was to our 
non-benefit. <laughs> that was to our devices right. um, and, and to our demise, actually. And uh, we were starting to scream up and down, wait a minute, and the California University system just turned a blind eye. They didn't really care. Well, we didn't understand at the time. There was a lot of major money that was going along with those Chinese students mm-hmm. and, uh, and some of the and foreign tuition that was really bolstering the UC system and the universities and other, you know, the CSU systems. So uh, that was the big play. Anywhere where the the Chinese students wanted to get in, they had the money to do that uh, by extra tuition. Plus they also brought a lot of money with them uh, because the Chinese government really sponsored them, gave them money and scholarships and so on that were very high dollar, very high value. So is this part of the larger scheme where the rulers of the world right now are using China in this chess game that they see this as and they're they're moving it to take over and basically take a very aggressive stance on expansionism all over the world yes and uh, belt and road just a classic example of that um in terms of how they're spreading in their geographical influence but the other influence is uh you know population replacement that's another technique that they're using Mm -hmm. uh you see that working also with the cartels and you see that with uh a lot of, you know, with we're seeing with the illegal immigrants coming in from um, Islamic countries primarily. Mm-hmm. And, of course, in America, we're seeing a lot of illegal foreign nationals coming in from Central and South America, just flooding across the border at this point in time. It's open invasion. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's, it's not armed invasion yet, but it's open invasion and uh, nobody's stopping it. Most so, of the people involved in the invasion don't even know that's what they're part of. Well, uh, uh, sadly, I, I feel um, the people that are being that are coming across the border illegally, that we can't blame them. They're not the problem. They're being bought and sold like slaves to come They're across resp- the border. Responded to an invitation, right? That, exactly. But you know, there's a price on their head. Each one of those is very valuable to right. the people on this side of the border because they get subsidies from the U.S. government in the tunes of the billions of dollars. And, uh, you know, that's, it's an industry. It's a major industry right. now. Well, and they get the transportation provided from South America all the way up, right? They could never do it if they had to walk. That's correct. That's it. And that's, you know, I've, we've been pounding on the table a long time about the, the, the invasion that's going on here. And, you know, it's in the Constitution. Or in fact, that's one of the reasons we're forming New California is that Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution says that the government is supposed to give us a Republican form of government, which is a representative government, and then also to keep us free from invasion and keep us right. free from domestic violence. And government's not doing that lately. <laughs> no, the, the, they're cooperating with the UN to yes. ar- arrange the invasion. That's correct. And other outside actors, uh, you have the cartels, of course, and the Chinese and other influencers, right. religious groups. Right. So this is not just people coming from Mexico or Central America. This is people from all over the world Correct. coming through the open southern border. So the, it, the, the idea is that America won't exist. Right. They're going to replace us, basically. Right. That's one of the reasons why you're seeing the, the COVID is being used to uh, get people to quit their jobs because of the vaccine. Uh, they just have replacement people that will take their jobs. Right. Which also helps in destroying the economy. Sure, and replacing the population of Americans overall. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so far, it's very successful. And you know, it, pe- people talk about the vaccine for COVID not working, and they think they're revealing something. They're not right. It's working great. I mean, sure. there's massive death being caused. Well, the vaccine is the pandemic. 
Yeah, exactly. And it's just getting started. Right. Yep. You have, uh, you know, one of my specialties is genetics and virology. and uh, They've planned this out quite well. Um, And we've done a lot of our research and we've known about it. And we found out about it years ago, really. And uh, we've been called all the names in the world up until Mm -hmm. now. Right, right. (laughs) It's amazing. Uh, We've been called everything in the book uh, for the last 20 years on this radio show. And uh, hello, it's all true. It's all been true. And what's really hard for most people to grasp is that the patents were filed for most of what's in the vaccines and the so-called virus that hasn't been isolated or demonstrated to exist starting around 2002. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, you know, there's these chemtrails and chemtrails are these, mm-hmm. you see the, the white coming off the trail ends of the, of the jets up there mm-hmm. used to be called contrails and the contrails was a compression. It was the steam that was compressed up at the higher altitudes. Mm-hmm. Um, there was just nothing more than, you know, vapor but uh, chemtrails is something different it's a chemical slurry that comes out of the planes and uh, one of the major components of it is aluminum oxide and barium and iodine and so on it's designed they say to reflect the sun and keep the cool the warm the globe cool of course that's not the idea at all that they've been poisoning us with aluminum oxide for years and in fact when aluminum oxide was uh, was uh, trademarked and copyrighted um, it was done in 1990 out of uh, Southern California, Orange County in particular, and by a man by the name of James Chang. And uh, it had uh, you know, all the hallmarks of a poison then, but they, they, you can look it up. There's a patent for all of it, and it's for right. basically not seeding clouds, but uh, for helping to control climate change and helping to control the, the temperature of the globe. Right. And it's been doing nothing but poisoning us. In fact, the large blip in kids with, um, all, not Alzheimer, but... Uh, autism is what you're thinking. Autism, about. right. Autism took a huge spike following the 1990s. Yeah. And it's because of the aluminum oxide, which is nanoparticulate and gets the, through the blood-brain barrier and causes a lot of damage and causes autism. Well, That's it, one of the reasons it helps to it. inject that directly into kids, too. Yes, it does. Yeah, what they're doing with the vaccine. Absolutely yeah, you have does. to give you have to give credit to the vaccines. Where yeah, right. exactly. Uh, and of course, now they've accelerated that even more. But uh, the you know kids were getting vaccinated early on. Uh, this whole vaccination thing has really stopped. Started uh, stepping up in a big way in the 1990s, and it's been they're sticking with the kids ever since. Yeah, uh, helping. Well, once they get Reagan, you know, in the 80s signed into law the waiver of all liability for vaccine manufacturers. And I don't think he had any idea what he was doing, but that's what allowed them to really have no concern whether they injured or killed your family because you couldn't do anything in response. Right. right. I, I agree with you. They, they used Reagan, especially at the end of his term, George Bush in particular, and he was the one that was behind a lot of this stuff, George Bush Sr. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he he uh, they really manipulated Ronald Reagan and sort of duped him yeah, but he never thought you know in terms of how people could be treacherous to America it, even the, uh, surrounding him he just It's never, really hard for good people to grasp that. Right and uh, I think he was a very good man well intentioned 
And I think even with the Iran-Contra thing, he had to take a couple of steps back, like, wait a minute, what are these people doing? There's some of these people around me, like maybe my vice president, and yeah. things like that. I think he had a, an epiphany at that point. But at that point in time, he'd already set in motion the collapse of communism. And, uh, you know, people say that maybe where the collapse of communism was a um, design device to bring about one world global dominance. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not too sure. I, I think that, um, that, that what he did financially, uh, which is really the downfall of the collapse of communism in the 1980s, I think he did set that in motion. I think there was the reaction to it was to come up with a better plan because they realized they could not uh, keep up economically with a free market economy. They re- Once Reagan got the tax cuts in and the economy started to take off, I think they realized it was over for communism. But they had to morph into something different uh, to yeah, sustain they, they, themselves. They didn't just give up. No, they. Oh no, no. Yeah, uh, you know, it's like the Nazis never gave up after World War II. In fact, everybody, will, some people will tell you, especially authors of uh, books such as uh, Peter Lavenda's um, this book right here, actually, this book right here, the Hitler Legacy. If you ever read that, um, they'll tell you pretty clearly that we're involved with what's called the Fourth Reich. And that Fourth Reich began on January 1st, 1970. And um, the reason is, is that the Hitler legacy is the documented evidence and information uh, that in the rat line, the book before it, of Hitler surviving World War II in the bunker. And I, you know, I can attest to that. I traveled in 1992 to study about the collapse of communism, and I was uh, pointed in the direction of going to um, see the the Berlin Wall, uh, where the Berlin Wall was, and also to find out where the Führer bunker was, and I found it. You know, I interviewed a guy by the name of Christoph Neubauer, standing on top of the entrance of the Adolf Hitler's Führer bunker in the middle of no man's land down by the Brandenburg Gate, and we're standing out there in the middle of nowhere in a vast wasteland of destruction and detritus from from the bombing of Berlin. And uh, he was very, very pointed about the fact that Hitler survived. And this is in 1992, and I kept on saying to myself, you know, this guy's a little bit crazy because we all know that Hitler died in the bunker, you know. And uh, so finally, he was very adamant. We talked to him for about three hours, and he was very informative and had all the details down about how he escaped and everything. And uh, it wasn't until... Gosh, 2010, and I was uh, I was sitting here in my studio like I am right now. I got done doing some radio stuff, and I went to bed, and I was listening to Coast to Coast as I was starting to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And I heard this guy talking about all this stuff that Christoph Neubauer told me about. And I said, you know, this is weird. <laughs> and then he started talking about how Adolf Hitler had, had survived the bunker, and he had the evidence because he had, fifty after 50 years of the death of uh, J. Edgar Hoover, uh, his records became available, and he got to look at them. That was Peter Lavenda. So I called uh, Peter Lavenda right then at 2 a.m. in the morning and said, you got to be on my radio show because this is what I know. And we swear, we swapped information. It's like, wow. Uh, you know. So that was uh, my start in really understanding uh, that really what we're seeing right now is the Fourth Reich. So just out of curiosity, where did he say that Hitler went? Well, the, the, if you take a look at the, um, you know, and you watch the, if you've ever watched the, the series called Hunting Hitler, um, now Peter Lavenda will, he'll scold me for this because he did already, but uh, 
if you take a look at that program, the mm-hmm. History Channel's Hunting Hitler, it really is uh, very, very accurate from everything I've studied and everything I've read from Peter Lavende and interviewed with Peter Lavende. I've had, I've had extensive interviews with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very, very accurate as to what happened, except for at the end of it, he did not die in Argentina. And it's pretty well known fact that he was at a, he died in Surabaya, Indonesia in, uh, 1970. Yeah, 1970. And um, that was because they he had been whisked away from Argentina because people knew that he was alive at, at the time. This is in the 50s, early uh, early 50s. Mm. Um, Juan Perón had just fallen from grace, so he had lost all stability as a, a person of, you know, in Argentina. They were trying to make a nuclear bomb and use it against New York, actually at the time with Juan Perón, a little-known fact. It's it's very well documented uh, in the Hunting, Hunting Hitler series. I suggest people watch it and see it for yourself or study about it. Okay. Um, but the, the situation arose that he was being hunted by his own people because there was a price on his head. They knew that if they turned him in, so they whisked him away. That Catholic Church helped whisk him away, just like they did with the rest of the, the Nazis after World War II. Uh, to Indonesia, and to which uh, he became what is known as Dr. Poch, P-O-C-H, and he lived his life uh, there, the rest of his life, but he also got involved in a number of other things, like the uh, the Sukarno overthrow of Indonesia in the 1950s and 60s, in which he worked with a, another Japanese war criminal by the name of Ryoshi Sasakarwa to overthrow uh, him and uh, it gets into a lot of the, the saga drama of even JFK being assassinated and the influences there. So it's very intriguing. The bigger point is is that um, as he had written his book called The Rat Line, the first time that he explained about this, he then went into um, his second book that he was writing, which is of course the Hitler Legacy, which we now know today. And he explained the economics of how Hitler and his golden influence by way of Indonesia has influenced the world to where we are at today. And uh, when you take a look at the people, all the patents that are associated with the vaccines and the companies, mm-hmm. Moderna and all that, right. if you go back, you'll see that they're, they first started to patent these uh, vaccines and any, all these chemicals, or they became incorporated as companies January 1st, 1971. And that was the that was the go date for the Fourth Reich to begin was January first, nineteen seventy one. They all agreed that at the the first uh, January first after the when Hitler died, the Fourth Reich would begin. So, would you associate the Fourth Reich with the entity that is trying to actually take over worldwide at this point? Absolutely, absolutely. It's not that just is, a thing about America. No, it's it's a worldwide effort, but America has to go. In this world. Oh yeah, because there's there's recorded memory of free individual freedom and natural right, 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 and they're they're trying to knock off the uh, the older generation of Americans primarily because they're the ones that are the institutional knowledge of how the how the Constitution and uh, the Declaration of Independence, which right. are God given rights to everybody, they haven't yeah. lived in screens their whole life. That's correct. So that's they're, that's why they're trying to knock you off all the gray hairs. Yeah. But I, t- I, I don't think they're going to do it. In fact, they're not going to do it. They're failing miserably right now. Uh, they should have been patient enough to wait 10 years and let natural courses take their their path, and most of the gray hairs would be gone, and probably that 
their progress that they had been making educationally to to take all the constitutional lessons out of the schools and public education or an education right. in America would have succeeded. They've but been now teaching people that socialism is the ideal. Yeah, and now, of course, uh, there's just a massive research resurgence going on um, right. in people wanting to know about the Constitution and how it works. Yeah. So California, for some reason, is where they've really focused their efforts in trying to make uh, – headway in dominating the whole population, California, New York, and to a certain extent, New Jersey and a few other states. That's correct. But And you saw that happening in California and thought that would be a good place to uh, reverse what was going on, I assume. Yeah. Uh, what happens here in California, you know, everybody's going to follow what goes on in California. And for good reason, you know, California uh, led the way out of, I really think, out of uh, the slave system that we had in, in the United States starting in 1850 when it became a state. And a lot of people don't understand that California statehood came about in a very unusual way in that uh, California had, uh, you know, at the time it wasn't even a territory, it was more like a protectorate. It hadn't become an, even a territorial status because they had a um, the, what was called the Sonoma um, Bear Flag Revolt, which wasn't much of a revolt, but the, the, the Mexicans turned over California in Sonoma in 1846, and ultimately and by 1848, as a protectorate, um, it became more involved in America because of the gold rush. Right. And uh, it was substantial. A lot of people don't understand that at the time, I think the state of, or the United States only had about seven metric tons of gold. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, Great Britain had 135 metric tons. But, you know, in two years, all of a sudden that amount of gold from the California gold rush, you know, soared up to like something like 175 metric tons. Right. So we became the dominant power and California hadn't become a state. And, of course, the big debate was so everybody like, well, we all like California because of the gold. It's making uh, it's a great nation. So why don't we go out and uh, make it a state? At least the state, the people in the state uh, wanted it that way. And uh, so they they appealed to the Congress, they appealed to the president and asked the president to run a bill, believe it or not. And uh, so he started to run a bill. But the debate came down to, will California be a slave state? And the South wanted it at the time, which had all the wealth in, in America. Right. So we want that to be a slave state. Uh, and, of course, the argument went back and forth. No, we don't want it slaves. So they, they thought about dividing it up. This is where it's interesting about New California. But what happens if we divide up the state by two and one part becomes slave, one part becomes free? And they said, no, we don't want to do that. Well, let's divide it up into three. So the two parts of this, two, two states could be slave and one could be free. And they said, no, there has to be two free. And one. And they said, no, not that. So finally... Uh, they went and they had what's called the Great um, the Great Compromise of 1850, and California came in as a free state, and um, that was a bill. It's the only state to ever come through by way of a bill and not follow the actual constitutional process of a new state being formed, either by a territory or a state um, from a pre from a pre existing state. So here we are again. Um, the economy exploded for the rest of the United States and. It was enough to finance, obviously, the gold that was coming in from California, the, the gold rush, and so many other things. And California has always discovered oil, and when oil was found in California, that was a huge uh, economic boom around the 1780s. 
And these uh, economic booms, as an example, you have another one, which is, of course, uh, Silicon Valley boom, which has been exploding ever since about 1990 and 1988. That has dominated uh, the whole world, actually. So California has had this special place to keep the uh, economy of California just at, you know, real, uh, the United States really at top tier. But uh, all of a sudden now the California economy has gone bust because socialism destroys free market capitalism, communism, socialism. And we are losing all of our businesses like crazy. We're do- they're doing all the, t- the classic things of taking away people's property rights, including themselves. Right. And just for power and control purposes, the globalists want it. And this goes back to the 1992 discussion um, of the collapse of communism in 1989. And then ultimately 1991 and 92 when communism really did die in the Soviet Union. And then you had this group of people out of uh, Rio de Janeiro come together from the United Nations and propose this plan called Agenda 21. Yeah. And that plan, of course, is a totalitarian, socialist, communist, Nazi combination of regulations designed to control every aspect of the planet, which it's doing right now today. Yeah, that's what the educational system is teaching kids and professionals is really the best thing for everybody. That's right. And, uh, you know, their, their motto is think globally yet act locally. And the Agenda 21 plan, uh, the plan is really to affect change at the local level and uh, to to compromise all elected officials, literally, and to hoodwink them and get them thinking of, as being communist, national socialist, or in other words, Nazis, right. and follow along with that agenda. Yeah, for all the kids that are learning that socialism is fantastic, <laughs> they, they kind of forgot some of the details, you know, and they think of socialism and fascism and communism, and they're just styles of tyranny, basically. And That's right. They they don't realize that Hitler was officially a socialist, and the party that he took over that existed but wasn't going anywhere was the National Socialist Party. That's right. And, uh, of course, he had a lot of support from the Catholic Church. He had a lot of support mm-hmm. from a lot of other religious groups, too. And uh, what we're seeing right now with the masking is one of the techniques, literally, that Hitler used. He used it with objectification of a a group of people known as the Jews, and uh, his objectification was is that it's, you know, all the troubles that you have after World War One and the economy and the Weimar Republic, that's all been caused by the Jew, and they focused that attention on that yeah. and uh, sorted them out by putting yellow stars and, and banners on their storefronts and destroying the economy. one-day complimentary Introducing, introducing, uh, you know, introducing that whole idea that uh, because you're a Jew, you can't have a good business, right. and uh, destroying the businesses literally, and then they went to identify them with stars, yellow stars on their on their bodies. So Here, in, in this version, it was brilliant to use the health system, absolutely, because we already have a religion which is that the med- allopathic medical system is to be worshipped and never right. questioned, never questioned. Right. And the country's rep- so-called representatives have signed up with the WHO and other entities that if they ever declare on their own volition an emergency, they take over. Right. Right. And, and uh, the brilliancy comes from people like Joseph Mengele, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, let's not forget that. Even Adolf Hitler was into that. But they, uh, they understood, and they understood by uh, how to manipulate and control people as they rounded up people, and they, they, uh, they did all the things that would systematically control the populations the way they wanted it through fear. Right. That through the subjectification process, they could sort out people of a, of a various racial or ethnic group. And uh, one of the things they don't want to have is free, free, um, free thinkers and people that would be autonomous and do as they please and, and uh, basically protect themselves and understand that the government is not good. The government is bad and will do bad things. Because to them, the government is all-knowing, and government should be worshipped, not God. Right. And so the, fa- the founders figured it was a necessary evil, right? Right. And they tried to use the Constitution to make sure it never got too bad. Well, what they've done, uh, this is another brilliant thing, that, the, uh, but the, the, not to be topped off by the, the Founding Fathers, but uh, what these this communist Nazi cabal of Agenda 21 folks have done is they looked at our constitution and said, well, we can reverse engineer it. And we can start, you know, stripping away uh, person, the personal freedoms or the parts of the constitution. As an example, we can start just force invading people you know, into the country. And then we can also make sure there's more and more violence by dissipating the law, the legal system, so you have a lawless society, so you get more violence, and, and it's permitted to, to and accepted by people, all these invasions. So therefore, you know, we can break it down that way. Because remember what I said, Article 4, Section 4 says that in the Constitution, you, you, uh, the government is required to give you a Republican form of government, give you freedom from invasion and freedom from domestic violence. So they re-engineered all that. And uh, that's become acceptable in our society now. And, of course, they've done that with the help of a, a media, which is constantly driving those narratives all the time. And uh, pretty soon they're going to be coming for all of us, and uh, we're going to be losing all of our rights. But the Founding Fathers, it was very interesting. As I started to see this uh, reverse engineering start to play out over the 90s and 2000s, uh, I said there's got to be some way in which the – um, the founding fathers had achieved uh, a way to help us out here. And that's when I found Article 4, Section 3 of the Constitution. And that is, if you want to form a state from a pre-existing state, you have to have the permission of the legislature concerned, mm-hmm. and then that of the Congress. And so you, you start to think about that. If you have a state and you're happy with the state, you wouldn't want to, you know, form a new state from that pre-existing state now, would you? Right. No, leave it the way it is. Yeah. But if you're unhappy with it, mm-hmm. you'd want to make a new state. And so therein lies the answer is that the founding father said, look, if you have a state that you're living in and you're really not happy with it, why don't you make your own state? Right. But if you need permission from corrupt legislators, how do you do that? Well, that's just it. <clears throat> No, nowhere in that clause does it say, <clears throat> nowhere is, is it suggested that you use the other two branches of government, which is the executive and also the, the, the judicial, which means that it, you can't have an election. You're not, they don't want, they did not want you to have an election with the people to elect whether or not you're going to have a new state. And the judges can't rule on anything dealing with that. 
So you're left with having to negotiate with those people that work directly with the people. And the governor, the executive branch, the courts have nothing to say about this. And it's you with the California, it's you with the legislators one-on-one. And uh, you get them to pass a resolution, which is the lowest and uh, least restrictive uh, piece of legislature that they can is, uh, can pass. It's a very low bar to maintain or to get. Mm-hmm. And then you can move on to the Congress. So the Founding Fathers, by default, eliminated all the obstacles. It's just, you know, the people with their representatives make that decision. And that's something that people are just not, they don't necessarily understand it. But if you're in a corrupt state where your election system is corrupted, your legislature has given authorities to the to the superintendent to be a dictator. Then you probably want to form your own state where you have lawful behavior because they've also been taking away the lawful behavior of the society. Right. But but you're saying you need permission from the corrupt people to do that, right? Right. And it looks like now we're be, beginning to realize that there probably haven't been any legitimate elections in the U.S. for decades. At least 20 years. And there's a book, I don't know if you read it, it was called Vote Scam USA, and it was written by the Collier brothers in the 80s or earlier, and it was about how they corrupted the elections before the electronic voting. Right. And they were collecting up all the paper ballots, hiding with them under machine gun guard, and changing all the paper ballots and then releasing the results. Right. They still do that today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. still doing that today. It's uh, just more efficient now. Right. Uh, but you also have the electronics and where they can shave and they can hide and add votes. Uh, right. You know, that, that goes on. But, you know, to get, if, uh, if you're going to be audited, the audit would require a paper trail. And even as we've seen uh, what they would try to do now where there's uh, potentials of audits, they would actually bolstering the number of ballots for Joe Biden, as an example. Yeah. Uh, Dominion has processing and producing more ballots for that. So it's, been, right. it's still ongoing. Well, because, and there's video of people within the counting areas just putting the same ballot through over and over. Right, right, exactly right. Yeah, it's, uh, it's this whole thing with the election is just uh, a mess that I guarantee that uh, if we have to go into this next election with the same system, we don't have a country any longer. No, I totally agree. And at the, moment, at, at the moment, nothing's been done to change that yet. Yeah, uh, we're it, trying. It, it we're trying. Be. I mean, the audits show, I suspect, in every state, you know, the results were completely different than what was reported. Yeah. But, but an audit gets finished in a state like Arizona first, and then it's just media silence. Right, well, because you have people on the take. You right, know, people right. like are being paid by the Chinese to go along to get along. And and that applies to people of both parties. Absolutely. So, that, that, there's a monoparty system. That's what yeah, I say. Yeah. It's a monoparty system. I think one of, the, one of the obstacles that has to be overcome to changing it is enough people have to grasp the situation and what needs to be fixed. And it's hard for normal people to realize the degree of evil that's taken over. That's correct. That's absolutely, it's, uh, M- Americans are good people. And yeah. uh, even some of you, listen, I used to work with hardcore gangsters and their families. And I can tell you, um, the vast majority of them, when you break it down, are good people. I mean, that's a really strange thing to say. 
Yeah. Um, but there, there's, there's things that have happened in their lives that it tur- had the, that they turned to that lifestyle. But so, uh, they're so good the, people. So the idea for New California State was okay. The state is basically full of great people. The corruption is not coming from the majority. It's coming from an organized campaign to destroy everything. That's correct. And you thought, well, if we could start the majority of the state over again on on basic sound principles, then maybe it doesn't have to die. Right. right. Well, we just started up on the Constitution and follow the Constitution. That's why we're originalist constitutionalists. So we follow the original 1776 Declaration of Independence and the 1787 Constitution and the 1781 Bill of Rights. Right. Uh, that's basically our guidebook. It's working out fine. I mean, we're you know we're, yeah. uh, we're we've constructed uh, our you know our state at this point in time. We have con- what's called constitutional status. We declared independence. We've read 172 grievances already, which is 172 weeks of reading grievances. I might add. And um, you know, then the other thing is is that uh, we've been to court twice. Uh, once in the Supreme Court, we now have a, a case that's moving forward. Um, we, we filed the first case that was dismissed and we're now back with the other one that's uh, the replacement for that. Um, we've also uh, passed, uh, formed our own government at, at, in our constitution, our constitutional conventions. We passed 28 resolutions. We've got two standing constitutions that are ready to go. They're, they're in draft form, but they're ready to go at this point. That's uh, propo- so we, proposed state constitutions. Right, right. And, and what's, the, what's the organization What's the stru- structure of the organization that's doing all this? Well, we have a, a company uh, called it's a, well, it's a corporation. It's a five hundred one c four nonprofit okay. educational organization, and it's that's that's the basic comp- organizational structure that we have. And uh, what we've done is we've gone out and uh, recruited mm-hmm. county committees. So we have fifty eight counties, and as it turns out. We have representation in either whole or part of 56 counties at this point in time. So we, we looked at the state of California. We said, well, where's the populations and how, what's, what's representation going to be given to? Because remember, we're following the Constitution. So we want to follow Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution, provide that Republican form of government, freedom from invasion and freedom from um, in, in, uh, domestic mm-hmm. violence. So yeah. when we did that, uh, we said, okay, well, how can we best represent the people? And we we're having a heck of a time because we we're kind of still in the mindset, well, how did they do it before? And what would that look like? And not, a thing, not one thing made any sense until finally I said, we sitting in a room with maps all over the place and people with their pens in their mouths, you know, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> trying to figure out which, which county is going to go and which one wasn't. And finally I said, stop. Let's just stop. I said, where's the population? There's 40 million people in California. What's that population dynamic look like? And so they're all kind of like, wow. And so we started adding up the population of the counties, and we realized that California has 40 million people. And uh, 20 million people live in the urbanized areas of Sacramento, San Francisco, and Los Angeles. Right. Including San Diego and Los Angeles, basically. No. No, no, we didn't include San Diego. We looked wow. at just the, those those areas, and it was twenty million. Wow, that's uh, it's just the that's density amazing. of population, and so, so the rest of California was twenty million. I'll be listen. We're great mathematicians here, so we figured that one out. 
that the rest of California, about 90% of the land mass, actually was represented by 20 million people. And right away we saw the division that was giving us the biggest problem in the state of California, as it does all the other states, mm-hmm. was one of the, the best and the best ways, the first tool that they used to destroy our Republican form of government. And that was with a court decision in 1964 called Reynolds versus Sims, which actually destroyed the little federal model for the states. And people, Everett Dirksen was the one who actually looked at this uh, at the time. He actually analyzed it correctly because he said that with the, the destruction of the sovereign citizen or senator that would be representing in a bicameral legislature in a state, what that meant was that the legislatures were no longer bicameral. They were nothing more than a democracy with people only representing people. In other words, the representatives and the senators only represent people. They no longer represent, you know, like a a sovereign area, like in the Senate. Senators always used to represent the sovereign areas, known as counties. But senators then had to change and adjust and represent, quote, districts based upon population. Mm -hmm. And in that, they created the democracy that they all, they were first, the left was looking for. Now, nowhere in the Constitution does it say that there's they want the founding fathers wanted a democracy? A democracy is mob rule. But if you have a republican form of government, then you have a morality. You have a you have laws that govern your behavior. Even though you might want to have something and you might get you're going to have a vote, there's always the lawful behavior to follow to get you to vote and reach consensus yeah people people don't understand what's wrong with democracy a lot and on television on the mainstream media it's always saying the the phrase our democracy right well that's you're you're hurting our democracy endangering our democracy and the problem with democracy as you were saying is that if the public goes crazy they can put into law that everybody of a certain description has to be killed or, or whatever they want to do. And there's nothing you can do about it because it's a majority. Right. And in, in a constitutional republic, as long as the constitution is good, then that, then it's better. You're but, following the law. Yeah, but just the fact that it's a constitutional republic doesn't save you because you can have a terrible constitution. And we just got fortunate, you know, by grace, I guess, that the brilliant constitution that the U.S. started with can be built on, and it, it's very strong. Right. But in California, the constitution has been amended over 600 times. The state constitution. Correct. Yeah. And so, so as a result, it's all but destroyed the Republican form of government through all these modifications of okay. the constitution. Okay. And get that? And plus Reynolds versus Sims, which destroyed the, the bicameral nature of the legislature. And what that meant was is that, of course, senators now just join with assembly members and they vote any way they want to. And so what you're, what you're saying here is if this, uh, if this legislature in California so chose, which I think they're on the brink of doing right now, actually, if they chose to round up people tomorrow because of the COVID virus and take them to COVID camps, right? that's the law. Well, right, and they also are based on the idea that the public mostly goes along with. Correct. We've got all this law and, and constitution and everything, but if there's an emergency, 
it all is pushed aside. That's right. And that's the excuse that they used and, in, and March, in March 2020. There was a, a cartoon, uh, I forget by whom, and it was about the founding fathers finishing off writing the Constitution. And one was saying to the other, um, and it's understood none of this makes any difference if, there's, if someone gets sick, right? You, you know, and yeah. people don't understand. If you choose freedom in a free country, emergencies never take away your rights. They can't. That's right. Because COVID, you, they can't do that. Even if everybody was dying and COVID was real, it doesn't matter. You, you just have to die because the option is to give up your freedom right. and saying that the totalitarian ruler has to take care of you. Right. And look what they're doing. And look how they're, I look how they're finessing it. They're making you put on masks. And basically, they're saying, okay, those that put on masks will survive. Those that don't put on masks won't. Right. And we'll make sure they don't, too. That's right. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, because uh, that's exactly what happened with the Jews. Yeah. Except they gave them a yellow star to identify themselves this time. They don't have the yellow mask yet. No, no, but we have regular masks, and those people are guaranteed to survive over the people who don't use a mask. And it goes so deep. I mean, this, there's, there's enough to talk about for months on this. Right. You know, at every level, you see the evidence of corruption, even physically, masks coming right out of the package new, microscopically are all contaminated right. with, with things that you don't want on your face. Well, and again, there's been more disease that's been spread by the use of the mask than not. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't stop viruses at all, even if COVID was a virus, because it's way too big. The holes in it are way too big to do that. But it does cut down your oxygen and it makes you breathe CO2. Yeah, it really does. And, uh, you know, my I'm no longer on YouTube because uh, what I did was I uh, showed a videotape of a fireman demonstrating how he measures oxygen content, you know, in his equipment. A meter behind the mask, right? Right, that's correct. And, yeah. and uh, you stick the probe behind the mask and it tells you the way it is. So he put on a mask, a regular N95 mask and a couple uh, of other different ones, and right. it showed just immediately the drop in oxygen and the rise in, in CO2, which is going to poison you. Right. It's like a twenty percent drop. Well, you know, and if that got publicized without the censorship, the mask thing would be over overnight. Right, but there's that's no, what there's no that, benefit to it. When I put that up on YouTube, I was done. Well, I should. That was my first. That was my second strike, and I was out for like two months. Yeah, yeah. And you definitely, went, definitely needed reeducation at that. Yeah, point. I need the reeducation camp, right? <laughs> So you were saying that in the cities, that there's half the population is in three urban areas, and they're the ones that are mostly representing the side which is insane. You know, saying "make us into slaves and destroy us." It's a great idea, and we'll go f- along with it. Why, if that's true, and I think that's what you're saying, why do the crazy people have to concentrate in the urban areas? What? Why is there any correlation at all? Well, I, uh, these ideas um, of totalitarianism and socialism work very well in high population areas. They Why? don't really work well in rural, rural Why? areas. Why? Because uh, rural, air, rural people have to think for themselves all the time. 
Um, and I mean that, you know, if you take a look at the basis of a rural person, you know, let's say that they're in a farm, uh, they're, they're distributed, they're well, they're well separated. Um, and of course, if you're doing farm labor or anything like dealing with farms, you know, you're constantly having to think on your feet about survival, either right. for your animals, your plants or yourselves. Yeah. Um, there's so many different challenges, uh, from a kinesthetic standpoint and from, um, you know, from a neurological standpoint for growth, development, and responsibility that you don't have in a city. You know, most city dwellers uh, don't have any of those experiences like walk, walking yeah. out into a pasture and getting, you know, the cow pad on your foot. You know, right. <laughs> you don't have that, that type of uh, So if you're out, out in the country, you have to keep your power and water going. You exactly. have to figure out when something breaks, if a tractor breaks or a car breaks. or You're just on your own with friends, but you're on your own. You don't have an authority figure to, to call to take care of everything. You're the, exactly right. Mentality in a city is that. Who do and it can get really cold in the uh, rural areas, and you have to learn how to take t- t- take care of yourself. You build a right. fire, you know, that sort of thing. That's right. Uh, there's physical things to take care right, of. Right, right. And then the city's So common sense stays alive. Exactly. Common sense stays alive, and uh, that's a very good way to put it. But the other part of the cities is that cities, because of the close association, it's a lot easier to transmit information. Uh, about how to live rather than actual living, if you know what I mean. You mean and, the, uh, the brainwashing can the be brainwashing, proliferated right. easier. When when I was in uh, Europe in 1992, I had to go and visit. Um, I, I was asked to visit by way of uh, Roger Thoreau, the Wall Street Journal, and said, you want to find out about the collapse of communism, visit uh, the Church of St. Nikolai in Leipzig, Germany, and talk to a guy by the name of Friedrich Mercurius. So he gives, gives me his business cards. I left the, the Olympics in 92 to go back to to uh, uh, Leipzig. And I went in to meet with him and uh, had an interview and everything. But at the end of the interview, one of the most pressing questions, I'd carried this around for my two-month sojourn into Germany and uh, in, in Spain and into East Germany. Um, but I wanted to ask the pressing question everybody's asking, what happened to the communists? And I was, there's the last thing I did. I got up for the interview at three hours and I was walking out the door. I was almost out there. And I said, Oh, hey, wait, Friedrich. I said, I looked at him. I said, What happened to all the communists? I said, The wall fell. You had the, the, the situation of Soviet Union that collapsed in 91. Where did all those communists go? Because everybody's going, Where'd they go? They're gone. And he looked at me straight in the face and he said, Well, they're all environmentalists now. Yeah, exactly. That was in 1992. It's so subtle. You know, people really need their common sense and perception back because I've been a strong environmentalist in the real sense since the early 60s. But, you know, clearly what's being done with it now is a tool of uh, enslavement and destruction. And it's just like health is great. But health is being used for destruction now and caring about the life support system of the planet, which is the environment, is, of course, obvious. But just like health, it's being used for everybody's destruction at this point. And, you know, they figure that we're educated enough now so we can't understand anything and we'll we'll fall for it. That's absolutely right. And. Um, you know, we're here in New California to 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 stand st- to stand up to the reverse engineering and to re-engineer a new state with a constitution. Yeah, and you decided and you decided to do it not to try to save the three urban centers, 
but to oh. sep- separate from them and right. let the let the people who are still somewhat normal, you know, in touch with, you know, or could reclaim sanity to some degree, that they would be separate and have a chance to go back to a constitutional government. Well, what we have is California is broke. It doesn't have any money. It's getting, you know, right. some money, but it's not, you know, sufficient for it to run both the new California and California, basically we're rural and urban. So mm-hmm. it focuses all of its money on the urbanized areas rather than the rural and strips away money that would go from rural to the urban. Right. And uh, th- their long-term debt situation, other social ills um, would tell you that they cannot survive even if they're just left to their own devices. So um, we, we have a plan in new California uh, where we're going to make sure that this separation is an amicable one and that uh, that uh, we're not going to try and hurt or want the, the worst for California. In fact, we want California to flourish and become um, an active member in, of course, California, or excuse me, in the United States. And that's what we're doing, of course, to becoming a fruitful member of the United States is the 51st um, state. But the... Californians have to change, and I'm talking about the politicians and those people that are doing the laws. They have to change their constitution. There's no doubt about that right. in, the way, in the way that they do business. That'll be part of our business agreement with them. Um, that will uh, really change the dynamics, I think, in California for the good. If you separate from the three urban areas, that would be unprecedented to have a state that's not contiguous. I mean, no, you'd, um, have a, you'd have the old state. In three spots. Yeah, how about that? I mean, can that can that actually work? Well, I think they're contiguous now. They've got something called Southwest Airlines. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, Southwest Airlines works as long as you're vaccinated, right? Well, you know, that's up to California to solve that problem, right? Right. That's not our problem. We will never do anything like that in New California. The other thing is that rural areas can support themselves. Right. I don't, I don't think that's true of urban centers. No, it? they're dependent. And they'd be dependent on us for everything. Food, so would, water, that make, would, that make, would that make a viable state? Oh, absolutely. But we got other states that are in the same boat. What about Delaware, Vermont? Okay. They can't function by themselves. Right. Um, you know, even, even Florida. Did you see how many oil wells do you see off Florida? I haven't seen <laughs> too many yet. Our mountains are filled with gold. Right. Or, you know, uh, central valleys that uh, have a preponderance of the food in the planet. That, that's, we are in a very unique position of, of, of everybody's wealth in, in protecting it as a new state, which, by the way, if you get into the deep state actors, the globalists, it's all about taking California's wealth. That's really what this is about. And then taking the rest of the plunder of the United States. That's the way they're planning to do it. And that's why New California is saying, no, you're not. We're going to become the 51st state, and we're going to strengthen the union of states called the United States of America by our entrance. Right. And, and what's, the, what's the basic plan? What are the steps for getting this done? Well, we've, we've accomplished in the last four years. It's coming up to four years now with the Declaration of Independence. Everything we wanted to do to get to this point, we still have some things to tweak and and, uh, and do this. It's just, it's an ongoing uh, part. It's our, it's an ongoing part of statehood is to continue to treat the, you know, tweak your system and improve it county to county, county and all that stuff. 
we have a lot of cleaning out to do. Uh, we're doing affidavits, which are uh, legal actions, basically against some of your local officials who have been um, passing all these, uh, you know, demanding all these uh, people get into the mass and all this mm-hmm. other good stuff, right? Destroying businesses. So we've taken on that that charge. We have a bunch of other things we're doing to prepare for statehood, which we're developing an educational department or system right now. Uh, of course, our system of economics is pretty much uh, baked in as we see it and how we're going to do it. Um, I don't want to get into too much to the discussion because we're actually getting into some discussions, which I'll talk about in a second. Okay. Um, our, our next goal yeah, is not only do we follow up and become, you know, get all the stuff that's responsible for statehood, but we also now are into that phase where we are actually going to meet with the legislators to seek their permission through a resolution and happy to report that on October 7th, um, we actually did have a meeting for the first time. First time in American history since 1861 that people negotiated for a new state. And we did, uh, we did get some people who reached out to us from the California state legislature and we scheduled the meeting. Everybody came to the meeting and we were really surprised to see that, um, somebody else wanted to appear there and it was a member of the California, it was a member of the U.S. Congress. Uh, his staff uh, showed up at the meeting. So we had a very, very good meeting with staff members. I wasn't there, but our staff and their staff were there. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was an agreement to meet uh, sometime in the next week or so. So these negotiations are real, and they're really happening. And um, it's a it's a great thing to, to, to see this happening. And that's why I say we're on the way to statehood. The re- it's gotten so dire in California that these legislators are now realizing their jobs, their necks are on the block because of their illegal behavior. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I guess up to now they've figured that it doesn't matter because the real power is going to support their illegal actions. That's so correct. So they'll be fine. That, and again, the rude awakening is that uh, we now have affidavits for all that. We've been looking very seriously at the election system. There's complete fraud. It's just, you know, yeah. we all know about yeah. the algorithms. It's uh, so you're going to start to see that continue to tumble away. But, you know, these uh, legislators, they have a lot of uh, soul searching to do because a lot of them are implicated in some very serious uh, felonious crimes. What would the structure of the new state look like? Would you have a state capital somewhere? And, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, what, what would the relationship be between that and the counties? Well, that's a different relationship. Uh, California right now is a dictator and ruler over all of the counties. Yeah. We're not going to do that. The counties are going to be autonomous counties. That sounds fantastic. Right. <laughs> and the same with the schools and school district. They're autonomous. You right. have county superintendents. You guys work your problems out. There's no need to come to Sacramento Department of Education or our, wherever we have our capital. Um, you guys are going to have to solve your own problems. Don't come up to the state capital to try and figure it out. Sounds like you don't need a lot of the departments in the current state, right? Oh, well, you know, uh, right away, um, it, you know, it's about, was it $189 billion is the state budget in and out? Right. And uh, about $50 billion of that pays for the everybody underneath the Golden Dome and during a single year in Sacramento. We should think about that. That sounds like it's way over what they need for their Well, gas, sure. Gas just, bills by the way, there's like a report out in uh, one of the reports now they're going to give themselves another 4% raise. Right. And, and they're using 
aside from this scam of emergencies, like we talked about, that all laws are set aside if there's an emergency and the health authorities become the dictatorship or later on the climate authorities become the dictatorship. But they're also using this uh, scam of executive orders right. with the idea that the governor and the people below him either even can just say anything is now law because it's an executive order. Yeah, that's the dictatorship. The Newsom just said there's an executive order that is going to ban all small gas engines. Right. Right. You can do that. Yeah. If I mean, you let them and if you comply. Yeah. Well, actually, isn't it true that executive orders only legally apply to pe- employees within a, a given department? So um, people who work for the governor directly can be subject legally to an executive order, but nobody else. You know, uh, that's not what I understand to be true. The, what, what are you saying? I, they have the, the, what I'm saying is that he's got, um, he's got authorities over uh, the counties in an, under an executive order, and they must comply. Can, can that break the Constitution? It can if he's abusing the orders. And what happened, uh, what was interesting, what they did is um, they uh, passed, they had this law always on the books about the executive orders and Emergency Powers Act. And they said that there's only a certain time in which he can act without the executive orders. And they gave him 30 days. So after 30 days, it all goes back. The legislature's in charge of their duties. And so is the, so is the judiciary. But interestingly enough, in California, they changed that in 2015. They eliminated that in the Executive Powers Act. So by 2020, it's the legislature alone that has to repeal that. And they've chosen not to do that. So he could just go on extending it anyway. That's correct. Make new orders indefinitely. That's correct. And that's what he's doing. Yeah. But what he does is, is he he makes an executive order and he goes back to the legislature and say, "I made this order. Can you back it up with a with a with a law?" And they go, "Sure, whatever you <laughs> right. want." Right? It might. I mean, take, you might have to raise our pay ten percent, but we can do it. That's right. You got it. That's why they're paying them ten percent more, four percent more, or something like that. Absolutely. Right. 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 Absolutely. So you figured instead of trying to fix that. Start a start a separate organization. Yeah, well, you can't fix that. And you see, the only way you're going to be able to fix that is for us, because they're so deeply in debt, is to set up our own state. And then part of the deal is we're going to help them out of their debt, because we have ways in which we can help them finance themselves out of debt. Right. And so um, we're going to do things that they, they never thought of, but the bottom line is you're going to have to do it because if they don't, they're all going to go to jail. That's really what's going to happen. Well, yeah, and, and actually, if things were run according to the books, there's no way they could avoid jail at this point anyway. That's correct. If, if what they did was uncovered. Right. That's exactly right. So right what now, there's a, there's a real pushback by Californians. The sea change is happening. Um, the revolution is going forward. And we're going to become a state faster than people realize. Are the counties in debt? Oh, yeah. They're all in debt. Everything's in debt. So what happens to that debt? Well, that'll all be assumed. Uh, we'll take, you know, right up front, we'll, as New California, we'll take 50% of the debt. 
uh, but everything else can be restructured in, in both California and New California, which is exactly what we intend to do, is restructure the debt. Uh, states can't go bankrupt. That's against the law. But they can't act like they're in bankruptcy because they'll have special masters and things like that out of the judiciary to make sure their their bills get paid or things happen in the proper fashion, the elections happen, right. that sort of thing. So well, when, when you're saying they can't go bankrupt, obviously, no matter what the law says, they can run out of money. Yeah, and they've just, done that. They're just, they're just not protected by a bankruptcy declaration. They still have to pay. Yeah. Uh, full throttle, uh, full stop. They've got to pay. Um, and that's what's going on. Like, And that's, you know, you have Indiana right now, which is technically, it's a bankrupt state. And they don't pay their people sometimes for three years. Wow. I didn't know that. So yeah. you, were, you were saying how the new, do you know where the new capital will be, by the way? <laughs> no. There's okay, two. Well. If I know I'm, you know, God only knows, and he's not talking. Right. I guess he'll tell us when he's ready. <laughs> That's right. And, uh, I hear, but I get, and I, and I know the next thing you'll probably ask, what everybody asks is, what's the postal code going to be? Because they already have <laughs> NC. I didn't think of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, see, I'm not thinking you right here, because I get it all the time. They both go hand in hand. So, uh, But I don't, uh, I really don't know where the capital is going to be. Uh, there's some talk of uh, San Luis Obispo. There's some talk of uh, Orange County. There's some talk of um, the, uh, the the Fresno area. Uh, it's, it's, I don't know. We we ran a, a straw poll tri- primarily because we wanted to have kind of a place to have a focal point on. And uh, when we ran the poll within our own uh, group, they they chose Fresno. Yeah, they thought that was cool. Right. Then we ran it again a couple months later after having a function in San Luis Obispo, and they said San Luis Obispo. <laughs> <laughs> they want to live. They want to live there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's whatever the wind politically was telling them. I just crack up when I saw that. You know. So once the new structure comes into being, basically the function of government at every level gets cut way down from right. what it is now. Right. That's that. Yeah. No more will you see these uh, clowns or running around uh, in their, they don't even run around their day. I mean, you know, with the election system, <laughs> that because it's preordained who's going to win the election, yeah. and uh, it, if you've noticed, there's been less campaigning going on. At the yeah, people level. are starting to realize it doesn't matter. Right. I mean, Joe Biden held a big rally in Phoenix, I don't know if you're aware of it, during the campaign. It was incredible, and nobody came except his staff. Right. That's a big rally. It was. It was amazing. But that's my point, is that um, the candidates, don't. if you're a Democrat, you don't have to spend any money. That's really what it's come down to. So what is the function of the counties once the new system is in? Well, the counties are going to be autonomous. You know, the the way the uh, federal government is lined up is you have states and then you have a union of states. Every state is a state that has a union of counties to make it a state. Right. That's called the little federal model composed of the big compared to the big federal model. And the little federal model is a sort of a mini map of the United States. So out here in California, you have sub quote states, which are called counties, and there's 58 of them. Right. And everybody's going to have a county supervisor uh, and five county supervisors. Um, every county is going to have all the constitutional officers they need, such as the sheriff that's going to be elected by the people. 
Yeah. Um, right. You're going to have a treasurer. You're going to have a county clerk recorder. You know, yeah, it goes on and on and on. So this is the this is the the nature of this beast is that um, what we do is we uh, form uh, strong counties with strong county supervisors, which is what we're doing right now. Uh, in a sense, we're culling the herd of supervisors that are loyal to California in this whole uh, cash out swap business that goes on with COVID and everything associated with COVID. Yeah. Um, but to replace them with people that are more amenable to New California, which is working, by the way. So one of the things we do are these affidavits, which are the legal documents of complaint. Um, they're against an elected official by their constituents. Uh-huh. And okay. uh, those have been working quite well to put the pressure on people to leave. And we know we have new California candidates in those areas. So we would love to have that whole transition happen uh, as we become a state and step into statehood. What happens to the corrupt cities that are within the rural areas? Well, they're going to have the Constitution is going to have to be rewritten for California. They're going to have to go back to lawful behavior. What's plaguing the cities right now is unlawful behavior. Right. And the other part of it is, is the education systems in total collapse. That's going to have to stop. Right. Right. Those yeah. are just two remedies right there. Hey, let's all follow the law. Shocking how that would work. Local control of each community, basically. Right. Right. It, it's kind of like a microcosm of the federalist model of the country. It is. That's, that's exactly what it is. And they wanted it that way. And uh, that's just, we, we now have a situation where we don't have representation uh, in the rural areas because the rural areas are dominated by the senators uh, because there's so much land to cover and the population doesn't you know follow itself like it follows as you're standing on that tarmac. You don't realize what's following you. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, anyway, but that's what's following you as you get on the plane as a representative is all those people from that area. And um, the the, uh, the burden is big. But, you know, if you're in an ur- urbanized area, you usually get more benefits from people from the ur- rural areas. A lot of people don't realize that. It's been something that's been through the ages, a problem. And the, and the, you know, the founding fathers knew of this. This is, this goes back to the days of Troy and, you know, those days. And th- th- this was an, always a big rub in anything that was uh, a Republican form of government was that the urbanized areas would overpower right. by way of representation, the rural areas. And that was why bicameralism changed everything. Well, that was the idea with the Senate every state having the same number of senators, right? Right. It's not some kind of an equalizing uh, influence. Right. It is not. And um, every state has two senators regardless. And then those senators come together um, as part of the legislature because then there's two bodies inside the legislature. And, of course, that's the Senate and the House of Representatives. Right. So the new state constitution would mirror more accurately the original federal constitution, I assume. Which is the way it, it used to be um, until Reynolds versus Sims in 1964. Okay. Every county, every county in every state has sovereign senator that was elected by the county. Yeah. So are, are you basically waiting at this point for permission from the legislature where they're going to be able to vote appropriately? To get we're not them? waiting. Um, we're moving forward. Like it or not, we're moving forward, and we will become a state. 
and they will not be able to resist us. Uh, you know, we want their cooperation, and we will be assured that we will get it, actually, because they, they, they want the perks that we can give them to get them out of their problem. You have some senators and assembly members that are facing serious criminal problems. Right. That they can't get away from. Well, I think of some really severe ones like Richard Pan, for example. Oh, yeah. He's, Ma- he's Mengele Jr. Yeah. No, he's, yeah. Uh, he's Joseph Mengele, the guy that's just, uh, um, you know, Anthony, he and Anthony Fauci are twins, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hard for normal people to comprehend, actually. Yes, yes, it is. So just briefly, what are the steps that are remaining for the Declaration of Separation? Well, the Declaration of Separation has already happened. We declared ourselves independent. You know, this is um, this is a constitutional effort. Uh, our constitutional declaration stands. We are independent now. We try and tell everybody. And in fact, when you hang around with New Californians at any kind of big meeting, you know, there's nobody masking up. There's, I mean, it's, it's just right. It, That's it's, so refreshing. It's it's a, it's free. The air is yeah. free in New California. <laughs> Wherever we go, right. Um, and- now you realize you have to start a, a real new media system, right? Because oh, yeah. one of the biggest parasites and destroyers on the country is the media right now. Yes, it is. The, 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 they're going to be guaranteed freedom of press, and that means freedom of press. You have freedom of press. Right. It doesn't mean that you have uh, bought off freedom of, of press. There will be uh, scrutiny of uh, what they're doing in the press, and they'll be pushed back by the government of California, New California. Is there somewhere to read your Declaration of Independence? Yeah, it's up on our website, newcaliforniastate.com. Okay. And you go to the top tab and you go about New California and let that drop down. Uh-huh. And it drops down. You can see the Declaration of Independence. Okay. Wow, that's great. Do you have any kind of a wild guess about timeline from this point on? Well, uh, we were all set to go uh, and would have been a state by March had Trump won or then the election turned yeah, out differently. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's what we had planned for, and we're going to follow the model of California, which was we wanted a bill, <laughs> and uh, I think we would have got it. But uh, that's kind of changed now, and uh, we're we're going the other way around it. And the, the the working with the legislature, I'm saying within um, a, six months to get the statehood thing done, and then on to Congress. That could be another year after that. But by that time, it's going to be absolute. Bedlam in New California because it's coming. You know, it's too much benefit to the nation, too much benefit to California, and certainly the New Californians uh, to have this state up and running in the near future, which will be it, it will be very it'll move very quickly when it happens. Is is any of the attention on trying to minimize damage that's accelerating really fast now? Before that happens, for example, the flood of invasion uh, through the southern yeah. border. Yeah, uh, we're going to do whatever we can, and we've been doing things behind the scenes, whatever we can, uh, to stop all that. And now we'll have a chance to sit down and do some negotiating to see if we can't get it all mitigated and stopped. Okay. Well, I think it would be great if I I feel guilty to ask for any of your time because I know how busy you are. But um, if we can do updates once in a while. People would sure. love to have you back. I think that would be nice. Sure, I'd be more than happy to come back at any time. Feel free. Uh, you know, we're doing really good in New California State, and we're coming up to another ninth constitutional convention, and it looks like it's, it's going to be in the Central Valley. 
can't okay. tell you right now because we haven't finished the negotiations, but it'll happen. The negotiations will probably finalize next week. We'll get what's going this on. Some kind of a big convention type meeting you're talking about? Well, this convention is, is the convention title is Article 4 State Convention, Ninth mm-hmm. Constitutional Convention of New California State. So we're taking on Article 4 as our theme. Okay. Uh, and there's two. There's two parts of Article. There's four parts of Article Four, but the, first, the, the Article Four, Section Three, is a new statehood process, and then Article Four, Section Four, is of course um, about freedom from invasion, freedom from domestic violence, and the all important one: the freedom of to have a Republican form of government be guaranteed to everybody. Right. And that is the that is the big twist. Uh, we're making political parties, and we started that in Constitutional Convention number seven, and we're going to really push it really hard to start up constitutional or the the uh, political parties in our in this ninth convention. That's going to be our guarantee clause satisfaction. We have to we, when we go in to Congress, we have to show we we're doing these things. We're creating the Republican form of government, and uh, this Republican form of government that we're creating is going to include Republicans, Democrats, independents, greens, whatever. And, um, they're, they're going to be there. In fact, that's what we happened. We got about five different part, political parties at the seventh constitutional convention. It was quite, it's, you know, as I read, um, the founding fathers about what we talk about or do at these conventions it's shocking. It's the same stuff that they had to contend with. And they write yeah, about it. You're getting and it's, uh, it. it's just like, it's just history repeating itself. And, uh, it's interesting to watch my friends and new Californians struggle with some of the complexities of this. And they, you know, they come up with the answers and it's like, wow, how'd you do that? Yeah. But uh, the founding fathers did it. And, you know, they, they laid down the frame for it for us to follow in their footsteps. And right yeah. now there is an answer for this tyranny. And that answer is article four, section three of the constitution. They put it in the constitution for times like this. And it's up to us to execute that plan so that we can keep this union together. You know, we have to right. keep the union together and strengthen it. Yeah, and you can I, do that with totally the new state. Yeah, yeah. Just just separate into warring factions is the destruction of the whole thing. That's right. That's what they want. That's right. exactly right. Yeah, and I think that people have to remember the simple basics of why it mattered that a country with the ideals of America was started. It wasn't, you know, people argue about the fact that they didn't totally live up to everything. That's not the issue, because we could live up to it now if we wanted to. The issue was that individual freedom and government justified only to protect those, um, you know, freedom with the caveat of responsibility, and you're not free to take away everybody else's rights or to start a company that just wipes out everybody else. That's not freedom. But but within the grounds of um, the limits of respect, individual freedom is what creates prosperity and everything else that's good. And if you're willing to take that, you have to be brave enough to say, we're going to live or die by our own efforts. You know, we're not going to have an emergency where government takes over, no matter if it's a real, even a real one. And if people, rem- if people remembered that, the pandemic and all the, you know, attempt to crash the economy and everything would be over. In, in fact, one of the things I think about in your six to 18 month timeline is that right now they're working really hard to destroy the value of the money. 
you know, because if you do two things, you shut down business and you print endless amounts of fiat currency, you, it has to make the currency value go to zero. Right. So we're hoping it doesn't get to that point. And there's so many reasons why it's important for you to finish what you're doing in the least time possible. Well, we're working on it. What you're doing, yeah. When is the date of the convention? The date of the convention is the 13th, 14th, and 15th of January. And it's nice because this will be our, on the 15th, we'll reread our, our Declaration of Independence. Okay. And because that's the fourth anniversary of our Declaration of Independence, Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. Wow. And have you written the uh, state constitution yet? Yes, we have a the, we have a restored government of California constitution and also New California state's or, or, uh, government constitution. They have not been released publicly. Uh, we wrote them in anticipation of that whole process uh, with wow. the president of becoming a bill, uh, making a bill and becoming a new state that way. So we're holding up on that to release it until we uh, or have to release it, actually. So. You know, in the original federal, and I promised to shut up and let you get some sleep shortly here, but um, in the original federal constitution, there was a debate among the founders of whether they should specify rights in the Bill of Rights because the understanding was that everybody has all the natural rights without them having to be enumerated. Right. And government powers were enumerated, but not the rights of the people. Do you think that in the state constitution that the new state will have, that you'll have to enumerate some of the rights just to make sure that they're not overruled, which is, I think, the reason they did it originally? Right. Uh, that's, that's exactly right. And we're going to do that. We absolutely are going to do that because it's really important. Um, people don't understand that, you know, the rights we have are God-given rights. Exactly. They're, these rights aren't given to us by a government that can be taken away. That's the, way, that's the way it used to be until the Founding Fathers came up with the Declaration of Independence. Right. They, get, they, gave, they, said, they said, look, you all have God-given rights. God has given you these rights. And, of course, that was their level of understanding in terms of you know, God and Christ and, and that relationship because they were right. all strong Christian men. Yeah. Uh, the, the all these documents are have a Christian base to them. Uh, that's not the, you know. Listen, I'm not trying to proselytize here. That's history. That's well, a they also gave the rights to everybody of every religion. That's and correct. In, and what happens in Cal in America was going to be really significant for the world because the Declaration of Independence for America said that everybody's got these rights. That's correct. Atheists that's exactly have, right. You know, any belief system has them. And so now since that got, had ran into a problem and we've got this little issue of destroying the world, um, what happens? <laughs> little issue yeah, of destroying the world. <laughs> well, I mean, they're real focused on it from what we can tell. Right, right. But, but what happens in California is significant not only for every other state in the country, because they could do the same thing, but everywhere else in the world. Right. You know, uh, we understand uh, our responsibility in New California as, um, and we all, we talk about this a lot. And I, I, I had to come to the realization over the years that when this really started to take off and people were, were going, you know, that could happen. I'm going, you know, I had, I struggled with it. Well, what if it does happen? <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. And what if it all of a sudden takes off and, you know, what are you going to do with it? And, uh, 
um, you know, it's a, it's a very deeply concerning thing to everybody, I think, once they fathom it and see it, that it's happening and why it's happening. And you say to yourself, you know, can you step up to that level of responsibility to make it happen? And, do and you I have, say, do yes, you I can. And we all can. You don't really have a choice once you're aware of it. No, you, you, that's exactly right. You, you, you have a right a res- and a duty to do this. Yeah. A God-given right and a duty to do this. You you just can't sit around on your laurels. God has given you this right, and you have to execute it. Yeah. And it says it right in the Declaration of Independence. You have a God-given right to throw off the tyrant. That's the other thing. And, right and that help as many people as possible to, to get into that spirit. Because even if it's not a democracy, you you really want the support of the population. Absolutely. Absolutely. Whether they realize it or not, um, you know, it, they have those God-given rights and they need to follow up on them. And that's why some of the most discouraging things you see is people putting on a mask when they shouldn't be doing that. And again, that's a direct attack yeah. on our God-given rights that the left always that left wants to push on us. That's right. We don't want to give up our God-given rights. And um, they're not taking our rights. Most people are just giving them up, and that's wrong. Yeah, and one of the things you might have in your enumerated Bill of Rights, if you can, is the the clarification that there's no emergency that suspends or cancels natural rights. Yeah, that'll be, and the, the judges have already decided that, of course, but I think you're right. I think that this is something that will definitely uh, incorporate in our Constitution right up front. You know, it's, that, be, it's being ignored. Oh, yeah. Well, that's just it. See, these... What happens in, with uh, what they're doing here is the lawlessness brings about just ignoring all the law, and that's what they're doing. They're mm-hmm. saying the law is interpreted their way. And they yeah. use the media to make the people support nonsense. Exactly. You know, saying, you know, this is such a bad emergency, and here's the death rate, so therefore you have no more rights. And we're, yeah. really, we're really sorry, though, and we'll give them back as soon as we possibly can. Yeah, it never happens. <laughs> Yeah. No, it's like the two-week pandemic thing. You exactly. Know, very which, it's just they all didn't, two they didn't say which 15 days. Right, right. It's coming up any time now. That's right. That's exactly right. But we're going to okay. stop that. Well, I'm just really grateful for your inspiration and um, hope that you can find time somewhere to take care of your physical body and get some rest. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, traveling really beats you up a little bit. But, yeah, you know, I, really I do... I do back off. I do take a lot of the vitamins and drink a lot of water, do all the things I need to do to keep myself yeah. healthy and bounce yeah. back. You know, it's a, you're, you know, the, uh, this road trip that we just took was a very, very big one. It really panned out excellent. Okay. Really, uh, some fantastic new Californians are all excited about new California and what's happening. And, uh, I'm, it's just, I'm so blessed to, be around such great patriots and people who love their country so much. That's the the side benefit of being in a cause like that is the people you get to meet. Right. It's incredible. So, okay, well, we'll stay up to date and stay in touch and hang on and we'll say goodbye in the break here. Thank you. Okay. There goes Paul Preston of New California State. Um, What else is there to say? There's a convention that he mentioned on January 13th to 15th, 2022, which sounds really important. And I asked him about timeline, as you heard. Uh, he's guessing maybe six to 18 months 
to finish all the permissions they need to make it final. Uh, I suggested we have inquiries uh, be able to come to them from out of state and even out of the, out of the country, because everybody has the same rights. You know, this the, the reason it was such a great uh, inspiration what the American founders put on paper, and what people foolishly say. You know, well, they didn't live up to it. They had all these faults. Well, that's not the point. They put a structure on paper that we could live up to at any point, at any time. And it's available. And even though there's this little problem happening with the United States as a country now, where it's all infiltrated and corrupted, and basically most of the people in power positions are controlled by bribes and blackmail and threats to their family and the usual mafia stuff. The principles didn't go anywhere. They're alive in every country, every part of the world, every state in America, every place else in the world. And it's just, do the humans have the self-awareness, the consciousness, the courage to say, those are still correct. They need to be brought back. It's not going to happen without a conscious population, at least a, a strong minority that's aware at the beginning, and then that can spread. And so, uh, as you may have heard, Paul said, yeah, we can take inquiries from out of state, out of California, and out of America. At 877-828-2753, he gave the phone number, 877-828-2753. And... Um, Let's see. There was also an email address. I'm seeing if I can read my own writing here. It's all scribbled. Uh, star, the word star, S-T-A-R, at NCS, like New California State, 51, which is the number of state it would be, star at ncs51.com for any inquiries. And I'd really encourage you to stay in touch and start by looking at their website because it might answer some of the questions and that's new newcaliforniastate.com. And I asked him about <clears throat> whether they have a declaration of independence yet for the new state. And he said yes, and they have a new constitution. And it's all at the website, newcaliforniastate.com. So this is like one of the most encouraging things that I've heard going on right now. Because there are great people everywhere. They just all feel isolated. You know, we don't know each other. We're not aware that each other exists, even in most cases, because we tend to be independent. Um, but this this thing that Paul and his group have been working on for years now is really impressive, and it's the organization behind it and the spirit behind it to give it a chance to actually happen. Uh, and they deserve support from everywhere. And, you know, what is it... Um, Copying somebody is the sincerest form of flattery. So people from other states can take a lead on this and see what could happen in their own state. And as he mentioned, there's a couple of states that have already officially started similar programs. So I'm just very grateful to Paul Preston and all the people that are working so hard to help and trying to get sanity back into America and any other part of the world that's receptive to it. There's every country is special and chosen, you know, just it has to be brought into manifestation by brave people. 
who have an understanding that freedom, individual freedom, which is not changeable in an emergency, the founders knew that, that is what leads to prosperity and a better quality lifestyle. And, and to do it, you have to have not just a constitutional government, you have to have people that are mature and wise enough not to misuse their freedom. You don't, you don't use it to you know, take unfair advantage and criminal activity over other people. You don't steal other people's stuff. You know, you don't um, kill. You don't murder. Self-defense is protected, but not murder. And you have to have a basically moral society where they don't have to check in a book somewhere to see, let's see, am I allowed to kill this person? Or They just know. They have a certain amount of awake consciousness and morality to them that they want to help other people. And so one of the things that comes out of freedom is that the government is not the safety net. Private charity is the safety net for everybody that needs it. And it's overwhelming charity because of the freedom and the prosperity that it produces with no strings attached. That can come back. And Paul Preston's one of the people that is talking about, you know, this is true, so we're going to do it. You know, show me, do it in physical form. These great philosophies are all great, but okay, if it's really a good thing, demonstrate. That makes a really big difference for all of us. I mean, we all need to do that. And uh, New California State Project is one of the best examples that I've seen. So support them any way you can. Uh, Check out the website, newcaliforniastate.com. Um, look at the Declaration of Independence and the uh, Constitution that are there, other pieces of information. And if you want to see where our shows are that we haven't been kicked off the air or we, you know, we're still able to broadcast with some degree of freedom, go to lostartsradio.com. If you want to support our work and keep us going, because, you know, count the number of commercials you saw during this interview. Not very many, right? And I haven't figured out how we can keep this going without money. So if you have resources, we could use the support. And there's a donate button at lostartsradio.com and also at subscribestar.com slash lostartsradio. And uh, let's help each other as much as we can. And any feedback, suggestions, complaints, whatever, Uh, you can do through the communication form, the contact form on lostartsradio.com and we'll bring you the most inspiring, relevant people that we can um, and just openly talk to them. And if we get kicked off some site, then that's what happens. But there are new sites that are oriented for free speech, Brideon, BitChute, and a bunch of other ones. And uh, we'll stay visible as long as we're able to. So take care of yourself. Um, I think one of the bottom line messages, as always, is that you are incredibly important. You're not this weak, little, unintelligent, helpless, you know, being that we're told we are. You're incredible. And all these senses of things we believe in, not what we say we believe in, but what at a gut level we believe in, primarily about our own limitations, we make them real by the belief be brave, you know, find out what your potential really is. 
get your health back, learn about the suppressed natural health remedies that you're not supposed to know about at all. Find out you can still do that. And then start watching your thought patterns, what you believe at a deeper level. Free yourself. You know, he's talking about freeing the state. Free your own. People have talked about freeing your own mind and free your own consciousness. That's what allows you to bring freedom into the outside world. It has to be in you first. So believe in yourself. Stop condemning yourself for things you did before. Everybody's gone through a learning curve. And uh, see, what's the best that you could make of the time right now? And imagine yourself years in the future thinking, wow, I wish I had done such and such and made better use of my time way back there in uh, 2021. And you're asking God to send you back so you could have another chance. And God says, okay, try it once more. And now here you are. What are you going to do? This is not about entertainment or a momentarily interesting radio show. This is supposed to say, all right, you know, this time is really valuable. And almost nobody ever realizes that until they're leaving and their life is over. So even if you're a young person, realize it now and then see what you can do. And we're really happy to have you with us. Thank you very much for your valuable time that we just talked about. And stay in touch. And remember, we have a show on Saturday, too, which is called Lost Arts Radio Live. And um, that's about current events. All this stuff is now in one way or another about current events because everything is connected. But that one specifically started for that reason, and that's live. And we're moving into platforms, some of which uh, also allow some comments occasionally. So um, you might find that really interesting. All the old ones are available free on lostartsradio.com and other platforms as well. We've got um, a meeting of our private group, Planetary Healing Club, on Saturday afternoon right after the Lost Arts Radio live show. And if you want to get into deeper levels of forbidden health information, and which we don't give medical advice or anything illegal like that, it's just you're at this point, we're still allowed to talk about the things that you're not supposed to know so that you can use them for your own benefit. And the salt gets into deep levels of consciousness and spiritual issues and things like that. If you want to be part of that, uh, with the goal to transform your own life quality and then use that to contribute to what's going to happen to the world, then join us. Uh, be happy to have you there. Lostartsradio.com is the main site, but Planetary Healing Club is .com is the way that you can get into the private group if you want to start working with yourself on a deeper level and see what you can do. PlanetaryHealingClub.com. Any questions, just use the contact form and we'll answer you. So I think that's about it. Have a good night, rest of the week, and we'll see you here next time. Talk to you soon. Introducing Lost Arts Radio on Subscribestar.com. Just go to Subscribestar.com slash Lost Arts Radio to find our rewards program offering 10 different giving levels starting at just 5 bucks a month. We offer incredible value for any rewards level. From extra monthly interview videos not available publicly to subscription-based Planetary Healing Club videos once, twice, or three times a month, 
to private counseling sessions with Lost Arts Radio host Richard Sachs to tech help with me, Doug Diamond. We even have one option where you can be the star on Lost Arts Radio as our guest on a specially produced show just for you. We conduct an interview with you and broadcast it to our growing network and listenership. Our subscribe star levels are one of a kind and offer great rewards for any budget. Please help support Lost Arts Radio. We can't do it without you. With increasing censorship on many of our channels, we really need your support today to keep doing what we're doing. As Richard says, we're not even at survival level yet. Lost Arts Radio has three weekly shows. Lost Arts Radio Live each Saturday night at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, which is a live stream currently on multiple platforms in case we get banned from some of the larger ones. Right now, we're on Facebook Live, Twitch, and DLive. You can access these broadcasts by going to www.lostartsradio.com live for all the links to those channels. The Planetary Healing Club meets right after Lost Arts Radio Live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Saturday nights. And our Sunday show with guests airs at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Sunday nights on our Blog Talk Radio channel, our YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and on Brideon. Be sure to sign up for our free email list just in case we do get banned on big text platforms. It's just a matter of time, really. They don't like the stuff we talk about, and they do not want the truth out there. In fact, they have already attacked us numerous times. Join our free email list so we can let you know where we are and how to access our shows. The sign-up button is right on the top right on most pages of our website. The best starting point for all things Lost Arts Radio is our main site, lostartsradio.com, where you can find the hottest news selection videos that we curate just for you. Those are on the homepage and added to daily, as well as articles and breaking news about information you really need to know. Our show archives, the 10 most recent shows, are right on our homepage, as well as our Blog Talk Radio page at blogtalkradio.com slash lostartsradio, or just click the All Things Radio Show tab right on our website. We're in the podcast directory on iTunes, and all of our shows, except the banned ones, are on our YouTube channel, at Lost Arts Radio. Our Brideon page is really taking off, and we often have editors' picks videos right on their homepage. Visit Brideon.com slash channel slash Lost Arts Radio. On our site, you can also access our free listener forum, as well as sign up for the Planetary Healing Club, which is just $25 a month where you get private access to a one-on-one interaction with host Richard Sachs and myself and the other club members who participate live. More info can be found at planetaryhealingclub.com. We're providing solutions in there to make the world a better place. Come join us. Stay tuned because up next, you'll get to hear a really great song by an independent artist that we're doing our best to support. Go to lostartsradio.com slash music for the full list of all the great songs and bands that we spin on our audio-only podcast shows. If you're in a band and want to submit a song for consideration for airplay on Lost Arts Radio, visit my website at diamonddiscaudio.com for more information about the music placement, mastering, and mixing work that I do. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Lost Arts Radio. We love having you as part of our family to learn, experience, and grow with. Living in America used to be a dream For so many people far 